Welcome to the Skinny Bell Podcast. My name's Robin, and this is the podcast for the girl who wants to do things her way. There's no rule book here, and no subject is off limits. Let's do this thing. Hey everyone, my name's Robin and I am the creator of Skinny Bell, the podcast, blog, and YouTube channel. And I am beyond excited for today's episode. Like, I can't even, you guys. So last week was nuts for me. If you read Skinny Bell blog, you know that I went home to Vancouver for just a few days last week. Like, it was literally like a hot minute and it was the busiest few days I've had in a while. I was doing a ton of really unpleasant chores, like going to the doctor's appointment, going to the dentist, like, ugh, the worst, like getting my driver's license renewed, just like all the stuff that you don't wanna do. But amongst all that craziness, I had time to fit in an interview with Dr. McGilvray, who is the founder of the famous Project Skin MD in Vancouver. And I have to tell you guys, total honesty, this episode of Skinny Bell, the podcast, is my favorite one, hands down. Like, if you listen to any episode, it's got to be this one. Because there is so much useful information that can be applied to our beauty routines like immediately. And throughout this interview, I got really deep into the latest and greatest skincare routines and different trending aesthetic medicine procedures. So to give you a little background on Dr. McGilvray, Dr. McGilvray has devoted his medical career to the advancement of aesthetic medicine He's recognized as a leader in the aesthetic medicine industry, and he's always traveling and presenting and training other doctors in his field. Dr. McGilvery is also a fellow of the American Society of Laser Medicine and Surgery, and he's frequently featured in the media talking about the latest advancements and techniques in anti-aging skin science. Project Skin MD specializes in aesthetic and laser medicine and advanced skincare to give you and I the tools that we need to make well-informed skincare decisions. So basically, they help us know what we need to be doing to keep our skin looking youthful and fresh, which is literally everything to me. Like, if you guys are longtime readers of Skinny Bell, you know I am literally obsessed with keeping my skin young and my body healthy. And your skin is your largest organ in your body anyways, so I think it's only fair that we give it an appropriate amount of time and attention. So while I had Dr. McGilvray captive for our interview, I dove deep into the details and wanted to get the 411 for you guys on what you need to be doing to keep your skin young, what the deal is with Botox, lip injections, and other injectables, at-home skincare trends, if they're good, if they're not, and the products that us ladies in our 20s and possibly even our boyfriends need to be using like now to stay young and looking fresh. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. (laughs) 
welcome everyone to another episode of Skinny Bell, the podcast. I am so excited today to welcome my guest, Dr. McGilvery. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Did I say your name right? Sure. Very good. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I am personally so excited to sit down with you today because I am obsessed, like literally obsessed with staying young forever. It is my life goal to remain as is like until I'm 90. So excellent. <laughs> I have about a million questions for you and I'm pretty keen to get started. Well, we're here to support your efforts. Thank you. I know. I appreciate it. You've already done so much for me. So it's great. Um, so yeah, let's dive right into things. Sure. Um, tell me how you started Project Skin MD. Like, how did you get to this point? Well, it's been a, a journey, and um, it's been a really uh, neat one um, because I've been doing aesthetic medicine for around 20 years, and I've had a number of clinics. And every time you build one, you kind of want to be able to serve your patients more, yeah. and also uh, develop technologies. Um, as well as a staff that's coherent in their vision yeah. and also very um, very good at what they're doing as well to match your vision. So um, that's what it's been as a vision and with Project Skin MD we, we were able to um, bring forward not only a great site um, but also the, uh, the layout was very suitable for what we wanted to do and that's um, helping people with their skin at all ages. Yeah, it's so important to start early in my opinion. Like I, since I was 20, I've just been like trying so hard. So I love what you're doing. And I love what you said about bringing together a good team of people. Yes. I think that's like so, so important. I think that's the hardest thing to do is bring forth um, a, like a, a culture of belief. Mm -hmm. And our staff is more like a family than a commercial operation, I'd say. So I, I feel really great that way. Yeah, that's awesome. So most of my audience from Skinny Bell, they're women in their mid-20s, I'd say like early to late 20s. Yeah. So if we're talking just like products, like topical products, yeah. what would be your like top three or you can pull the five if you want, <laughs> recommendations for products that women be using who are trying to stop fine lines, wrinkles, and just like general signs of aging? Yeah, so I call it the trifecta is, is the, the three things that are most important for virtually everybody that walks in here actually. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, number one is sunscreen. So everybody's heard of sunscreen, but again, I just have to emphasize that's the number one thing, uh, an effective sunscreen used appropriately and often, okay? Yeah. So then we get on to literally vitamins for your skin. So um, a vitamin C serum applied in the morning <clears throat> is is excellent yeah. and it also adds to your SPF value over several days oh, as really? well. It acts as an antioxidant so it's boosting that. In fact it doesn't wash off so mm -hmm. uh, even I've got the men uh, putting some on before their golf game. So You're going to need I to get some of that for my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good choice. Just yeah. like sneak it in his routine. Yeah. Yeah, I, like to keep, I like to keep regimes simple because you can, you know, who has time for uh, a lot of layers of stuff? Yeah, exactly. And some of it may not be that contribu contributory to what we're doing. So I think to keep it simple, you're actually going to be able to do it every day. Yeah. So in the morning, an SPF, uh, uh, you know, 50 minimum probably, and a, a vitamin C serum would be excellent. The third thing I would add in is at night is a vitamin A derivative. Now those come in the form of, I've heard of retinols or retinoids. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, those are applied at night and you have to start slow with those they can be quite powerful yeah. so you just put a little bit on your on your entire face 
So what's the difference between a retinol and a retinoid? Because I like I hear both those terms all the time and I see the labels on product but I have no idea what it means. Yeah, retinols are available over the counter. Okay. And um, basically, um, and the retinoids are a prescriptive item and the reason is that okay. um, the retinols have to go undergo a conversion in your skin to the final product. But they're both very good. Gotcha. The main thing with them is compliance. Okay. As with so most what you, things. What do you mean compliance? Like Using it. Using it, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I always, like whenever I'm writing about skincare with my audience, I'm like, you have to be diligent with things. You can't do something once and yeah. then expect it to work for you. Like I'm OCD about yeah. my like, skin, dental care, everything. Oh, great. <laughs> so with retinol, so you, you may, sometimes people have stories about it being you know, uh, excessively peeling their skin and things like that. Yeah. So it does do a peeling effect, exfoliating effect on the skin, but if you start slow, your skin will get used to it. Yeah. And uh, it's good, you know, for, um, you know, women in their 20s, um, acne is always something that's uh, present. For, I mean, Adult a concern. Acne, who knew? Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. So that's very preventative, the vitamin oh, E derivatives. Interesting. Yeah. It helps normalize exfoliation in the pore oh, and yeah. uh, helps with pigmentation and uh, maintenance. I love it. I have so many friends mm -hmm. who none of us had like any acne, any zits in our teen years, and then we get into our mid twenties, and it's like, like I, like I literally have like a huge scar from this like monstrosity that showed up right. on my face the other day, and I was like, why is this happening? I'm twenty six. So, <laughs> to a great extent, you can prevent oh that God. with some of the vitamin A derivatives. So perfect. Yeah. Okay, so we're on it. Where we have sunscreen, vitamin A, vitamin C, yeah. and your retinols. Uh, no, that's the retinoids. retinols are and retinoids are vitamin A derivatives. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right. So now I want to talk about something that's like so crazy popular. Literally, like I feel like everyone I know is doing it: Botox and lip fillers. Yeah. So let's start with lip fillers. Like, why should someone get lip fillers, and who is like an ideal candidate for lip filler? Well, some people naturally may have a, a very small lip. Mm -hmm. and they may want to, um, maybe they've got a larger face and they find that their lips are just basically lost in that larger face and so they like to match their lips to their face and maybe and their nose as well mm -hmm. and so we want to balance their features. So we might want to um, give them a little bit of an augmentation or, or highlight or an enhancement I like to say mm -hmm. of their lips. The other category is, is older women developing lines um, yeah. on their upper lip or around their lips and with age you actually lose volume as well. So it would be to like balance your features or to uh, sort of create a more youthful look on your lips. Exactly, when you volume. yeah. And gotcha. the other neat thing about dermal fillers, the one we use most commonly in lips would be something called hyaluronic acid. It actually hydrates the lip and I call it gloss without the gloss. It's oh my God. makes it just look nice. <laughs> Sign so, me up. <laughs> yeah. So even without changing the actual volume of the lip, yeah. you can actually make it just look prettier. Okay? That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I also feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation about there. We were talking about this before the interview. Yeah. Um, about how you should actually inject like your lip injections. Like for example, yeah. the other day my mom's friend told her that you're supposed to do one poke with the needle and like drag it across your whole lip. And I was literally like horrified. Yeah. I was like, that does not sound right at all. So how do you do it? <laughs> well, okay, so um, lips among the injectables are very technical and um, uh, procedure. 
and also there's a lot of art to it, okay? So you have to be, ideally you'd go to somebody with a sense of artistry mm -hmm. and also um, I'd say beauty intelligence. Okay, they can look at somebody That's, and counsel yeah. <laughs> them and say this is going to look appropriate for you. I've had you know six-year-old women who want to have large lips of a, some you know twenty-year-old starlet, and I yeah. go, well, that's you know maybe not the ideal look for you, or yeah. or or um, sometimes people want lips that are just maybe a little too large for their face. Not everyone needs Angie Jolie lips, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they look good on her, but you know, they might not look good on somebody else. So yeah. I think the other thing is balance and um, we call it five proportions and you can look that up, but it's um, basically there's a, there's an ideal balance between the upper and lower lip and establishing that balance and also symmetrizing people's lips. People talk out of their mouth, sometimes one side or they smile one that. side. <laughs> So you may notice some people have a little bit of asymmetry, so sometimes we're just putting it together to make them look more similar from side to side and also bring out the lower lip for a little bit of pout and then maybe just clarifying them by doing some lines um, you know, around the actual borders of the lip oh, to enhance them. So that takes some technical expertise to do that. Yeah. But it's sort of hard to describe because um, it's sort of like asking you know, how did um, somebody sculpt something or somebody, how, yeah. what kind of brush strokes were used. Every, every lip may be a little different for me. I'm just looking at what I'm going to do and yeah. then I'm doing maybe some bordering on somebody. Somebody may have terrific borders and we'll just give some little um, directed plumping on the top lip and the bottom lip or maybe just the bottom lip. So it's totally personalized. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Do you, so do you get a lot of people who bring in celebrity photos and they're like, I want to look like Kylie Jenner or whatever. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes <laughs> I find myself um, with regard to aesthetic procedures in general, we, we may be talking people into something or, we, and also we're talking them out of people uh, of doing something. Yeah. And it's, it's doing something, counseling what's going to be appropriate for their, for their, uh, the way they're perceived in the world and to their friends. And um, I think that's appropriate also. Sometimes people get a little dysmorphic too, but that's not too often in my practice. Yeah, I think that's important. Like, I really respect that you're so honest with your patients because I yeah. feel like there's a lot of doctors out there who will just sort of like fill them up and just like yeah. keep pumping when their patient is obviously over plumped. <laughs> yeah, and I find myself often reassuring so many people. I mean, I, I like to you know, celebrate your face. Yeah. I mean, because they often have a really great looking face yeah. and great features, but we're just going to maybe um, identify those ones that maybe we just like to fine tune. Totally. So if we're talking injectables still for yes. Botox, yeah. like what is Botox for? Like, I, I also think there's a lot of confusion about that and like, what does it do? Yeah. So Botox essentially is a uh, protein we get from a bacteria. Uh, oh, it's highly sorry. diluted. In, well, we get a lot of things from bacteria. If, you know, uh, we have wine and yogurt yeah, and bread. Yeah, that's true. I like wine. All comes I'm from, all about it. Yeah, they all come from. Uh, you know, we, we we grow these things for various reasons. And um, but there's no bacteria in Botox, but it's just the source. And then it's a it's a, a protein that's highly diluted and purified. And so it's actually one of the safest medications on the planet. If you look oh. at it, yeah, it's been very well studied. Um, we use in actually fairly high doses in children with club feet, for example. So, so they we inject it into the leg, uh, oh. not me, but specialists yeah. do, and um, it can self-correct. 
in many cases. So that's great, and we use it for migraines and things like that. So um, just to get down to what it does, though, is it, what it does is relax muscles mm -hmm. uh, by blocking the nerve impulse temporarily. Okay, yeah. so what would be, like, for someone... Like what are the common areas that like a 20-something woman would get Botox? Like what are the most yeah. frequent requests you get? That's a great question. So we're in, in women in their 20s and, and some men, we're, we're basically using it as a preventative uh, aspect. So mm -hmm. by relaxing the muscles, and we're, some people just by nature frown a lot. Yeah. And if you look at their parents, you can see where their faces are going to be going. You know, so my youngest patient was 20. She's yeah. a stage actress and her mother was also an actress. And the, she, she already had a thin vertical line in between her brows. Oh and she, said, she pointed at her mother and said, look, this is where I'm going. And it was actually pretty interesting. Smart. I mean, yeah. it's a perfect place to look, like your yeah. <laughs> genetics. So by um, putting in, actually, we call it baby Botox. And there's even, we call okay. it actress Botox. We do um, small amounts just so that people are still expressive, but mm. yet it softens it a bit. And over time... Uh, that's going to keep wrinkles performing there. Okay, interesting. I've heard about a lot of people doing like the baby Botox to yep. prevent things. So you would say like in between the um, eyebrows is it's, a big it's area. It's probably the most common area because people are, you know, tend to um, when they work at computers yeah. um, they, they're, and they're they're having intense jobs perhaps and they tend to frown. Yeah. So I've also heard about using Botox to slim your jawline. Is that a real thing? <laughs> That's very, yes. I've been doing that for actually uh, well over a decade. Okay. Um, yeah. And we've, uh, we've been studying that very closely. Uh, it's used, we inject it into the masseters okay. and people who have clenching and grinding issues or TMJ issues yeah. as well can develop uh, large masseters. And uh, that's the muscle that closes your mouth or clenches on the that. side. <laughs> and so Botox is a wonderful, um, uh, you know, all your, there's a, several names of what we call neuromodulators and Botox Cosmetic um, is the most commonly used one. And it, we use it to inject into the master muscle yeah. and basically it uh, weakens the muscle and slims down the face too. Wow, yeah. I grind my teeth a lot. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great treatment just for that, just yeah. for the grinding. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So another thing that I've heard about with injectables, and I've heard sort of two different contrasting opinions on this, is getting filler in your under eyes. Because I know, myself included, I'm very concerned about my under eye region becoming crepier and like lots of fine lines and wrinkles. And one of my friends, she told me that she had gotten filler in her under eye. Yes. And then I also heard that that's really bad because it stretches the skin. So which is it? <laughs> Good, so, bad? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's a great treatment for our, uh, in the under eye area. So even in our 20s, um, we can develop sort of hollowing under the eyes. Yeah. And um, you certainly see uh, that uh, genetically. And I've seen women in their mid-20s uh, mid have significant volume loss in their cheeks even. Yeah. Although not usually that early, but you can. And that basically when you lose volume in your cheeks, it, it uh, will um, develop some hollowing to the eyes. And you can have that just but in the eyes itself also. So what we do is we take a very specific type of filler or fillers yeah. uh, into what we call the tear trough area and inject it very carefully in that zone. Okay. Now you have to pick your injector very carefully for this particular area 
even more so than many other areas because it's technically um, uh, very, uh, you know, you have to be technically advanced to do these injections. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. that would go really bad. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's lots so close of, to the eyes too, it's very dangerous. Right. Yeah, yeah, there is a, a certain, um, there's arteries there that, um, that you could um, inject into that would um, basically cause a vision problem. Oh and God. so that's very scary for people. Yeah. yeah. So make sure you pick your doctor right. Yes. Yeah. And when people are looking for like any sort of injectable doctors, like say they don't live in Vancouver and can't come to you, how would you know, like, how do you tell if someone's good or not? Like what? First of all, they should be a licensed physician or a very experienced nurse under the direction of a physician who's on site. And um, you look at their training, where they've achieved their training. Um, is this something they do all the time or is this something they basically dabble in once a week? Uh, okay. Red and they're, Red yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, are, do they speak? Do they, um, you know, are they on the podium? Do they demonstrate mm -hmm. or do they teach to other physicians? These are all good indications of, um, of that. And then you can, um, you know, ask, uh, friends who've had treatments from them. Perhaps if you're that looking referral at. is everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So ladies, don't be going and going to some random basement and getting injections for yeah. discounts. Let's go to real doctors. <laughs> I, I think if a person, you can almost tell if somebody's passionate or not about what they're doing. Yeah. And that's the, the passion is what fuels excellence in treatments. I would okay. totally agree. Yeah. So is there any um, injectables in like that celebrities, um, models, actors are sort of doing that we haven't touched on yet that you get requests for? Um, well, you know, when we look at cheeks, sometimes cheeks are dynamic. People smile and, 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 and move their faces. Mm -hmm. And some people um, in repose, I guess I would say it, um, look a certain way. And then when they smile, if you've had volume put in the wrong spot in the cheek. I call it the golden globe look. Oh um, God, yeah. They might look a little odd. So yeah. I'm always telling people we study fat loss yeah. and we, we're trying to put our fillers just where they've lost it and that gives the most natural look. And you also asked about whether it stretches the skin. Yeah. So people often ask, well, am I going to, um, after the filler is metabolized over many months, am yeah. I going to look more hollow than before? It, it's it's you won't because it stimulates some actual collagen. Oh, yeah, I mean, okay. you know by, by I like stretch that. receptors <laughs> pick that up and they actually build some collagen in, so you have a net benefit after all that. That's amazing. I love it. Technology, man. Yeah. Amazing things. And it has a also hydrates the skin overlying the area we inject as well. Like so you know Bella Hadid? Would you say she's done that? The supermodel. She has like very high cheeks. Have you seen her? You know, it's possible she's had a little help there, but many models naturally have a very prominent uh, cheekbone there. Um, but we um, we actually do a, a, a procedure called the top model where we can, if somebody has that look, you can, yeah. and they've already got very good frontal volume in their cheek, that you don't need to improve that. Yeah. But you can actually uh, do some injections back there uh, carefully and, and you know, help the face or lift the face a bit cool. more. Yeah. I love it. So it's really Everybody pretty. wants that Bella Hadid look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's two, um, like at-home beauty is a really big trend, and I feel like people are always trying to get like as much value as they can at home without sure. like spending too much money. But I feel like some of these things worry me, and I've seen friends do them, and I just wanted to like check with you and see yep. what sort of like these at-home beauty trends, because I know you offer them here as well yep. at Project Skin MD. So microneedling. Yeah. 
there's a lot of these microneedling rollers that you can order on Amazon for yeah. like 10 to $20. Yeah. Is that safe to do at home? Well, I don't know how well people are, first of all, we're puncturing the skin. So are they, yeah. are they using chlorhexidine? What are they using to cleanse the skin? Okay. So that's the first thing. Yeah. And also, um, are they, I don't know what the training is to use these devices. The third item on this is that the roller uh, we found, um, now when we do microneedling here, it's with a punch, um, a punch device, which is vertically aligned with on the skin. Yeah. Those rollers come in over the skin at different angles. So the skin isn't being oh, punctured evenly that. in all those areas. Yeah. And so we think there's a better cosmetic improvement with the vertical uh, punctures. Yeah. yeah, I what freaks me out about microneedling at home is just like I don't think that I have the resources at home to clean my <laughs> microneedling thing yeah. as best as it should be cleaned to yeah. not be like injecting bad bacteria into my skin. You know what it, I mean? Exactly. I mean, I don't do home oil changes either, right? Yeah, so, no. You know, it's like just how do you deal with all that <laughs> yeah. appropriate mess and everything else? And um, also, uh, if somebody else is trained to do it, they're probably going to do um, a great job at it yeah. if they've been trained. They'll give you an even treatment. Um, also, uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, I I'm amazed what people how you know people can do the microneedling, and uh, they may not have topical anesthetic to put on there. It might be uncomfortable to do, so oh, yeah. they, they might not be able to keep up their routine with that. It's a lot of work, and like you look very like red after. Yeah. <laughs> to do it at home. So if someone was to come to Project Skin MD and yeah. do your microneedling, what are the benefits? Like how? Like what does it do? So we use microneedling here um, as uh, it's sort of a, I guess I'd call it almost an entry level, um, you know, benefit for your skin uh, in terms of rejuvenating collagen. It's a mechanical disruption of the skin, which does stimulate some collagen, and it can be used on a wide variety of um, uh, causes or needs, and that can include some acne scarring, pigmentation issues, or people just who have done some laser uh, resurfacing yeah. and want to just do a maintenance. Oh my yeah. god, I love the acne scar thing. Like I said before, this like monster volcano I yeah. have on my face left a scar. I yeah. need to come for some microneedling and fix yeah. it up. <laughs> we do find if you've got significant scarring, you really have to go f more for lasers because oh, really? they generate some heat shock proteins that stimulate collagen even more powerfully. Okay, so yeah. that's something I want to talk about as well as yeah. lasers. Um, like what? Like I don't really understand lasers. What okay. are they and what do they do? Well, <laughs> uh, lasers are basically, um, if you want to go by the definition, it's coherent monochromatic light. Um, that um, So it, they have different wavelengths, have different targets in the skin. And the main targets being hemoglobin, um, water, and um, pigment, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, melanin. So we are targeting th those different things. So a vascular laser might target vascularity in the skin. Mm -hmm. um, our resurfacing lasers might target water to stimulate collagen, or we might use other lasers to break up pigment. So yeah. basically, like whatever your goal is, there's a different laser for it. It's not just like one type of laser that will sort of like fix you all up. Well, we do <laughs> this thing called intense pulse light that's not okay. a laser, but it's broadband light, and it's got a whole bunch of different, you know, it's got a, a spectrum of wavelengths, okay. and it can treat several things at once. But oh, um, like that. <laughs> that's great for where you are. Um, intense pulse light is a great treatment because it, you know, it does help pull some pigmentation off, take away with some any redness, some redness, yeah, and also stimulate the collagen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's like sort of like the step before lasers would be that. It would be a great start. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Very. But cool. then we have specific lasers for specific needs. 
beyond that. If there's lots of rosacea and redness, we use a dedicated vasculator. Oh, that's what I need in my life. My face goes so red, like Doesn't if it's it? a little warm in a room, I'll just be like bright red yeah. blush. It's, uh -huh. it's a ginger thing, I think. Uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, certainly it is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so another thing, sort of hopping back here to like the at-home trends. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're jumping all over the place, That's guys. Okay. Um, but people are doing a lot of um, like I know they sell them at Sephora now. They're like at-home peels, like chemical peels. Yep. Like they're you're supposed to do them daily. Do you think there's a benefit to doing that? Um, well, um, without take? looking at the exact um, percentage they're using on that. Um, I think uh, if you're doing a mild peel, it's probably safe if they, if they give good instruction on that. I mean, when I mentioned about the vitamin A dirt of like retinol, retinoids, that's kind of like a mini, mini peel every day yeah. or every other day. Um, but certainly the peels can have some advantages. But my cautionary note on that would be uh, some peels, if they're left on too long and they're not neutralized correctly, you could end up with some side effects like burns and things like that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you do have to be kind of careful even with ones that are, um, that say that they're very safe for home use. But having said that, most of the time, anything designed for home use there, they, in, in any way, they, they try to dumb it down a bit so that yeah. there's a little safety factor No there. one gets hurt. I know I yeah. tried it and I tried the most sensitive one um, for like yeah. ultra sensitive skin. Yeah. And, how that and my boyfriend was like, did you burn your face? What happened to you? And I was like, I'm becoming young again. Let me live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so they're safe as long as you make sure that you're like using an appropriate yeah. level. Mm -hmm. Okay. You so, might find a better improvement though from a more... Uh, you know, say a, a dedicated in-office one that you do once oh, yeah. in a while, rather than that daily um, oh, really? work that you're doing every day. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so it's better to come in and like do like a more effective treatment than sort of like that half-masked. Yeah. Stuff? From time to time, you we can give a little more assertive peel that goes a little deeper. That's yet still safe to do in office. That would do more than maybe. Um, you know, 10 of those other ones, right? That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. And it's more efficient too, because it takes time to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It's better use of people's time most of the time. Yeah. Awesome. So I know that we're on a time limit here and I don't want to keep you from all your appointments oh, today. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so if you had like one final tip, like what women can do right now who are in their twenties to help stay young, what would it be? <laughs> well, I just, as tempting as it might be, sun avoidance is the number one thing uh, to maintain your skin because um, that's the ionizing radiation is damages your skin. So, you know, wear a hat, um, put on the sunscreen daily, um, you know, be smart about your activities in the sun, be but enjoy your sun too. I mean, but, and then I mentioned the vitamin C and vitamin A, those are the sort of cornerstone of, of a good skin regime. Awesome. Um, so if someone wants to reach you, they can reach you through Project Skin MD's website. Correct. Um, social media, I believe your Instagram is at Project Skin MD. Yes. So I will link all of those below in the show notes. But thank you so, so oh, much for coming on Skinny Bell, the podcast today. It was no problem. so awesome to have you here. Yeah, nice talking to you. That's great. All right, guys, um, signing off for now. If you like this episode, make sure you rate it five stars in iTunes and send me an email. Tell me what you'd like to see next time. Have a great day.